Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We pray that each episode that we are producing is edifying you and encouraging you in your walk with the Lord. Again, I want to remind you of how blessed you are in the midst of everything that's going on around us. Please know that you're still blessed and favored by God. I pray that you are doing well and that you're in good health in the midst of this pandemic. I encourage you to please do your due diligence to practice good safety measures by following the CDC guidelines, getting your vaccinations, wearing your mask, being mindful of the crowds that you are gathered in, not congregating in too large of crowds where you can't really create any social distancing. Uh, we are in this together and we need everyone to do their part, especially now that our schools are back open, particularly here in the state of Alabama. And many parents and grandparents and uncles and aunts are concerned about the health and well-being of our children, many who are not even able to receive vaccination at this particular time. Therefore, it is incumbent upon each of us to do our part to practice good hygiene, wear our masks, wash our hands, keep our distance, respect the other space, and be mindful of our interactions and our gatherings. As we think about our current plight, I think you would agree with me that we need to pray. If there's one thing this pandemic and health crisis has done that can be positive, so I believe it has driven us back to our knees and caused us once again to acknowledge our dependency upon God. The reality is, my friend, when you and I fail to pray, we sin. Jesus commanded us that we ought to pray. Luke 18.1 Man should always pray and not faint. The Lord requires that we pray, expects that we pray, and he blesses us when we pray. Prayer is a means of grace that God has provided that allows us to have communication with the Creator. I remember back in 2008, during the time of former President Obama's campaign, you will receive emails if you were a part of the campaign email list about the possibility of having lunch with Mr. Obama if you gave a contribution to the campaign. Your name will be entered into a drawing and if you were selected, you would be flown to some undisclosed location and there you'll be able to sit with the man who would eventually become the 44th president of the United States and it worked. People gave, fundraising was through the roof because people understood the privilege that they could possibly have to sit with the man who would occupy the Oval Office and hold the most powerful position in the world, at least from a political perspective. And if we are that excited about the possibility of meeting politicians or interacting with men and women of power, entertainers, athletes, we recognize the privilege to be able to sit with them and converse with them. How much more should we recognize the privilege we have 
to talk to the Lord, to have him listen to our concerns and even allow him to speak back to us his wisdom in our spirit. Jesus gives some information or some guidelines about praying in Matthew chapter 6. And that's what I want to read aloud now. Again at verse 5 and I rest at verse 8. Jesus tells us, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Therefore, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases like the Gentiles do. For they think that they will be heard from their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. I want to put an emphasis upon where Jesus said pray. He said, go into your room, or as King James Version would say, go into your closet and shut the door. Jesus is calling us to go back into our closets and have a little talk with him. He's inviting us to withdraw from the busyness of the world and the craziness of our agendas or to-do lists and still away and commune with him in our closet. Live in a world today where everybody's coming out of the closet and Jesus is calling us back to the closet because a lot of Christians love to be seen and they are pray down fire in public. The problem is, if you follow them home, there's no prayer in private. And Jesus warns against this. He says, when you are praying out publicly only, you are praying just to be seen. And instead of receiving the benefits of prayer, you have your reward, which is the recognition of people. Oh, she sure can pray. I love to hear him pray. I felt the Spirit of God moving as they prayed. If that is the full extent of your prayer life, then Jesus says that is the extent of your reward. Public praise. But if you will go back to your closet and have that intimacy with Jesus to really open up your heart because there are certain things you can pray about in private that you can't pray about in public. There are certain things that on my heart that I cannot pray about publicly in the pulpit or at a meeting and sometimes even with prayer partners. There are certain things that have to be between you and God and Jesus is saying when you go into your closet you create that intimacy where you are able to expose all that is on your heart and mind. The good, the bad, and yes, even the ugly. See, prayer is not just talking about what's going on around you and what's happening in someone else's life and asking God to move on your behalf in a positive way. Prayer is also about becoming naked before Jesus. Bearing it all, 
This is who I really am, Lord. This is what I really struggle with. This is what's really holding me back. These are the thoughts that are really in my mind. These are my habits. These are my hangups. These are the things that no one knows publicly, but I struggle with privately. Externally, I look well, but internally, I'm a mess. You can do this in your prayer clause, and as you do it, your relationship with Christ becomes closer and closer. And you become more and more humble as you trust him to work in you and through you, both publicly and privately, to fix you up externally, but also repair you internally, to renew you in your inner man. These are the things that happens when we get back to our closets. And the good news is Jesus makes another promise. He says, the father sees in secret. Of course, the father sees everything. But it's saying that the father pays close attention in secret. He sees with intentionality in secret. He sees you in secret. And then after you have been honest in secret, he will honor you in public. I want to encourage you, wherever you are listening today, when you have a moment, or better yet, create the moment, to go back into your closet so that when you come out, you can experience God's favor on your life. You can experience God working on your behalf in supernatural ways. Don't become so busy that your piety is only public. Don't become so busy that you don't have that intimate time with God. Go back to the closet. Have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him about your trouble. He will hear your faintest cry and answer them by and by. And when you come out of the closet, he will reward you openly. Thank you.